This is The Social Geek Radio Network. And welcome to Social Geek Rockstars Edition. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing conciliari. Today we're telling stories with our Rockstar panel, Nicole Sala from Kitty Academy, Allie Krauss from Benetrends, and Thomas Scott of Home Run Franchises. Today's episode is brought to you by Answer Connect, ServiceMinder, and Hughes. The panel is next after this quick note about the FLDC. Franchise Leadership and Development Conference is back October 18th through the 20th in Atlanta. Franchise Update Media and the International Franchise Association are joining forces once again to bring you the best FLDC ever. I'll be there with my crew from Ularity chatting with franchise leaders at what I say is the best networking event of the entire year. Please join us. Register today at FranchiseDevelopmentConference.com and save the date for the 2023 Multi-Unit Franchising Conference, April 25th through the 28th at Caesars Forum in Vegas. Joining me now, today's rock star panel, Thomas Scott of Home Run Franchises, Ali Krauss from Benetrends, and we'll start with Nicole Sala from Kitty Academy. Hey, Nicole, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Jack? We were talking uh, a couple of times over the past few weeks about your why and why it is you're doing what you're doing and why your brand is doing what you're doing. Before I dive in and and ask you specifically about your own why, tell me a, a, a little bit about why this topic is so important to you. I know a lot of people talk about the why, but what is it about this that really kind of jumped out at you? I think one of the reasons this jumps out at me is because to build trust, whether it be a personal relationship or if you're a brand trying to build trust with your customers, authenticity needs to be front and center. You need to be authentic and transparent. And I think a big part of that is opening yourself up and sharing what your why is, not just who you are, but why you do what you do. So tell me about your own personal why, and then we'll start talking about some brands as well. Tell me why you do what you do. You've you've been in franchising and marketing for a while. What is it about what you do every day that keeps you coming back? What keeps me coming back is, you know, I started out thinking I was going to be an English teacher and English (laughs) is all about storytelling. And I made this connection. I was in college working full-time. I was going to school, you know, working full-time, going to school full-time. And I realized there was this amazing intersection between marketing and the power to tell stories to people through marketing. Um, And it really tied into my background in literature and literature theory. So I really just took a hard right turn and went into marketing. And for me, um, as a marketer, it's exciting to be able to inspire and engage people by telling stories about a brand, not just who they are, but how that brand can help them be the hero of their story. You talked about, you know, wanting to be uh, or being an English major and getting into that field. You know, I started as a disc jockey many moons ago, and um, I had probably the best advice I got from a station manager when I was right out of college was 
um, he reminded me that the star of the show is not Jack Munson. The star of this show is Led Zeppelin, Pearl Jam, Rolling Stones, the Beatles. Don't forget it. Right. Uh, <laughs> and and I think that that kind of set me up in the same the same mode you're talking about, where um, the, the the customer or or in the case of rock radio, the uh, the artist was really the star of the show and the, and the hero of the story. Um, Thomas Scott from Home Run yeah. Franchises and also the founder of Brand Journalists. I know you you've pretty much built a franchising career on storytelling. Um, right. Where where do you sort of fit in with figuring out what your why is for any of the new brands that you've started? Let's let's start with the new yeah. brands first. I mean, take any of our brands, uh, you know, Up Closets, The Lighting Squad, um, Drive It Heroes, any of those kind of service, remember service brands closely. But I would just say that the why um, is the most important element of um, any kind of business and particularly franchising. Like I, I think people really miss the mark and trying to understand that people, um, we as human beings, this is a storytelling piece, as human beings, we communicate be it using stories to relate to one another, to make decisions, to make sense of the world around us. And if you can tell a good story, the power of a well-told story is you don't realize you're really being sold to even. I mean, people mm-hmm. um, you know, buy things that they're interested in and they read things that they're interested in and they gravitate towards concepts that they can relate to that are in their wheelhouse. And the why at the root of every story um, is the most important element of running any business, but God for God's sakes, for sure, our franchise system where it's very emotionally driven and people are putting their life savings up and they're changing their life course. The story um, really stands out. You know, I think that I think it's the number one skill in business and it's, it's in short supply in our industry, for sure. There's a lot of broad brush marketing going on and just general, like, you know, everybody's monolithically the same. And the really truth is the more specific you get to a specific problem that a customer has, like a lighting squad, for instance, is a nuisance electrical franchise. We change um, hang ceiling fans and change boob lights out. And if you have a boob light in your house, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can tell you stories about why you should get rid of those because they're, they're annoying and they're ugly and builders put them in. Um, if I start doing a TikTok or a blog or a social media post on replacing a boob light, you know, people like gravitate towards that because it's <laughs> it's fascinating. They're like, what is a boob light? Oh my gosh, I've got 10 of them in my house. I hate them. You know, like that's makes for easy business. The story is just, it's the, it's the essence of really effective marketing, particularly in franchising. Yeah. I think there's a real lack of good storytelling and there's too much bad storytelling. And what I mean by bad storytelling are people who are just spouting statistics, right? I I see this with so many Fran Dev people who just want to go out and talk about 33% of their franchisees have 44% of this and 129 units sold. And, and I, I look at these folks and I just think, am I supposed to be writing these numbers down? Because they mean nothing to me. I didn't know that there was going to be math. (laughs) <laughs> right. And, um, and, and they're not telling me a story. They're not telling me, I think the ultimate story in franchising is some of the stories that I see your team telling Thomas uh, about someone's who, someone whose life has changed. Right. Yeah. The, who, you know, the, um, the story that I tell clients and potential franchisees when they're trying to learn marketing and so I'll, I'll relate it here is really helpful about why story is important is 
let's say that Nicole, you and a friend go to a fancy restaurant and you get all dressed up and you're excited and, and you've heard about this restaurant and you're expecting to have this like amazing dining experience in your neighborhood. And you get to the restaurant and you look at the menu and nothing jumps out. Like there's nothing on the menu that, you know, you've, you've had that. It all looks kind of good, but you're in that, I'm not really sure what I want mode. And so if you're like most people, you ask the waiter, well, what's, what's good? And a typical waiter will say, well, it's all really good. <laughs> it's all made from scratch. <laughs> and the problem with that story is it doesn't, um, it doesn't help you make a decision. Like, does that help you decide what to order in, in that restaurant? Um, the answer is probably not. So if the same waiter says, you know, the salmon's really good. If you like salmon, it's organic, but the really, um, the really interesting thing is the a margarita pizza. We have, um, we import flour from Tuscany, semolina flour. The guy comes in at three o'clock in the morning and makes it by hand. And the chef grows heirloom tomatoes and herbs in the backyard. I mean, it's like, it's like a stellar margarita pizza. I'll tell you that story. You're like uh, licking the paint off the wall. Like that's, you're like, you don't even, might not even like margarita pizzas and it sounds good because the power of a well-told story, it allows people to build up positive reinforcement of the idea of doing business with a company or just that they're going to have a good experience to your point of building trust. Like that's what it does. A story just is the pathway to trust. I believe that hundred percent. And I think what we have trouble measuring sometimes is how effective is a story to me, the, the, the best, the best test of a story is does someone retell the story, right? Did you order that pizza? And then when you, talk to your friend about that restaurant the next day. Did you talk about that same story about, you know, how it's made and, and what's grown where and all of those things? Like if, if that story actually gets passed along to someone else, I, I, I think we could call that a success. Yeah. Think about like the barstool pizza, pizza reviews guy, Dave, I can't think of what his name is, but you know, his legions of people that watch those reviews. Now everywhere I travel, I try to go eat pizza at one of those spots because he's telling stories, third-party stories about a particular venue and they do a good job of leveraging it in their marketing. It's, um, it's stories are super strong, but they get at the why, like, why, what do you, you want to go to a restaurant because you want to have an amazing dining experience and you want to enjoy the thing. And a lot of um, your experience starts with your expectations of it should be good. You know, otherwise it's a, you know, a stab in the dark. Excellent. Allie, let's uh, let's talk about your why. You're working with a lot of different brands right now uh, across franchising, specifically working with Benetrends Financial. Um, what do you see as something that's working and, and maybe not working when it comes to brands talking about their why or or even marketers or executives talking about their personal brand why? Sure. So recently I, I kind of have been really into this topic and if everyone on this call or anyone listening hasn't read the Simon Sinek book called um, Start With Why, that really kind of changed my view of marketing in general. He uses so many examples over the years between Apple and how they launched the first Macintosh to Southwest Airlines and all of these brands that we just find ourselves immersed in. And you're you're either an Apple person or you're not because your personality yeah. believes in that company's why. Um, and I, I'm not sure my brain used to market that way. I think um, for years, I was focused on this is what our company does and we do it really well and this is how we do it. Um, but I found a lot of interest in Benetrends because in general, you need financing to open a franchise, regardless of what franchise you're at. So I, I see this opportunity here to tell stories of all brands. And so I've never worked for Kitty Academy, but 
if Benetrends have funded franchisees, Kitty Academy opportunities, I want to tell that story. And so my, my why in marketing has kind of changed from let me tell the world what we do and how good we are at it so that we can impress everyone with our numbers that mean nothing to you, Jack, to <laughs> how, do I, how do I tell the stories of the families who we helped fund it? Because frankly, that's a little more interesting than talking about 401k rollovers. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how many people enjoy having conversations like that. I myself am not um, in the financial world where I've find a whole lot of joy in that. But what I do find joy in is telling the why of what Benetrends does. Um, so, so I think that if marketers could start to shift their thinking into let's take a step back and, and sure we have these mission, vision, and values on our wall and we look at them every day and maybe they're at the bottom of our signatures, but let's take a step back before we go into this budgeting season this year, because we're going to throw a whole lot of numbers out in October. And I know brands are doing it everywhere, including myself, that you're, you're telling your CFO, here's what we have to do. And here's how we do it. And here's how we're going to get there. Um, but I think the marketer in that room needs to take a moment to say, hold on, why are we doing what we're doing? And how are we going to tell the story of what we do this year? Because it's more than just brand awareness. It's who we are. It's what we live and breathe. And um, it's how you're going to generate those leads in the long run. Sure that they don't, they're not easily attributed to you telling your story, but in the long run, you're going to have customer buy-in when, when they can rationalize what they're doing because they agree with your story and they believe in you and they feel part of what your brand is. I love that idea of the marketer in the room being the person who's sort of responsible for keeping the torch lit when it <laughs> comes to telling the story and making sure that, uh, and, and I'm sure this is going back to a Simon Sinek thing too, making sure that whatever we're doing, it all can be tracked back to an objective or a business goal or, you know, making sure we're all rowing in the right direction. It isn't just, you know, some random department out there, usually operations, who wants to do some <laughs> random thing that uh, that doesn't really help the brand or doesn't really help the franchisee's brand or, or anything else. Allie, um, I'm curious to know about your own personal why. Like you, you've been uh, in marketing for a bit now. What is it about marketing, storytelling, um, working on a brand that, that really does it for you every day? Why do you do what you do? So similar to Nicole, I did go to school for special education. I was a special educator for seven years. Um, so I started my career in marketing and franchising a little late. I've only been around for five or six years now, which Sometimes I look at and I regret, I wish I had more time. I wish I had those seven years back to, to give me more opportunity and to kind of show me more of the trends of how marketing's changed over the years. But if I'm being honest, I used to be terrified of the word marketing. I, I remember telling the CEO that first hired me at, uh, when I was at my franchisor, I said, I will not be in a marketing department. And <laughs> I, I literally, I said that. I don't even know why we're here talking about the why today, but why, why did marketing scare me? I don't know. I think I, I pictured it as the chicken on the side of the road, flipping the sign. And it terrified me that my job was to just like trick people into buying, buying my brand or my story. Um, but I've evolved <laughs> and now I find, I find my why in it because I love storytelling and I went to an advertising um, award ceremony in Baltimore a couple years ago that I watched these really intriguing commercials that told stories that I think at the end, I don't even actually know what the product was, but I was so immersed in what they were telling me that I wanted to learn more. And so I found myself in this consumer seat for the first time where I actually did buy into marketing and, and what the opportunities are there when you enjoy telling stories and you enjoy talking like myself. Um, so, and maybe it was Super Bowl commercials, but you, you're a 
immersed in it in whatever world you're in and whatever field you're in. So the part of it for me was telling the story. And so I, I don't have graphic design capabilities. I didn't go to school for it. I don't have videographer skills and I can't write fantastic blogs, right? But my my vision and my my strength is telling the story that that shows what it is that we do, regardless of the company that I'm at. And so I think having a skill like that is what made me realize that marketing is where I where I found myself in love mm-hmm. with what I do. Um, and, and I think it's a really important skill for marketers to have across the board. If you don't have skills in web design and, and designer skills, like I can't move, I can't type a letter T on Adobe. Right. But I know where I want the letter T to go and I can visualize it and picture it if, if I know it's what's best for my company. So I think, I think my why came because I I landed somewhere where I love telling stories and I, I love watching people be happy. So to watch entrepreneurs and, and CEOs and people in my life that maybe I didn't create it, but I get to tell your story. It's, it's a really special skill that it just took me a long time to find. I think fear of the word marketing could be a whole nother episode that we need <laughs> to come back for because I I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think it goes back to uh, the academic world. When I was in college, marketing was part of at the university I went to marketing was part of the business school. Yeah. Right. It was, and it's like, I didn't want to be any part of that. I had friends who were there and you had to mm-hmm. go over to, that's like on the other <laughs> side of campus. That's, that is it's like, like finance classes. Yeah, that is, that is right next to the finance yeah. school and God yeah. forbid the school of accounting is it's all in the same right. building over there. I want to be over here with the radio TV film people where, you know, we're cool yeah. and we wear black and we do things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it does come down to. Um, I I wish I had studied a little bit more of the business end of it, twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, um, and and you know to know a little bit more about what was going on back at that time. But uh, um, yeah, I think you're right. It 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 does come back to storytelling, which for me, radio, television, film, whatever, that's all just methods of telling the story that mm-hmm. really doesn't touch the the business end of it. Um, Nicole, let's go back to you. Tell me about um, being in charge of the story for a brand. You know, I, I work with a lot of brands. We've all worked with with many brands over the years, but tell me about being that person who is keeping the torch lit for the brand at the moment and, and making sure everyone realizes what the brand is and what direction you're going. Yeah. It's an interesting question. When you first asked it, I was thinking to myself, you know, who is really in charge of the brand as a leader in marketing, you're really a steward of the brand Mm -hmm. story. And it's up to you to be that architect to, to understand all of the materials that exist and find the best and pull it out. Um, but likewise, you, you also want to drive that product and create those differentiators about it. So I think as marketers, one of one of our goals is to help see through, you know, see through what the picture is going to be, see where the best elements are, and then how do we tell that story in a way that resonates with people and connects with them? People choose brands because it means something to them. I think, you know, years past, people would use a certain brand or go to a certain restaurant or service because that's where their parents went. It's what they were comfortable with. They were familiar with it and things like that. Now, when you look at customers, they're using brands as a way to paint their identity. They want to be unique. They want to be individuals. 
But if they are, if they go to an Orange Theory Fitness, if they have a big B cup of coffee in their hand, they have a story behind that. Um, and they want to tell that story when somebody asks why they ordered the pizza at that restaurant or, you know, tell me about that a little bit. As a brand marketer, then you have to be the brand champion and find ways that are going to tell stories to resonate. Um, you know, we were talking about values. I think, Ali, you brought up values. Don't tell me what your values are. You know, they're great when they're on the website or in your email signature. Show me how you're living them. Show me how you're living integrity. Show me how you're committed to um, diversity and inclusion by showing how that's reflected in your marketing and what stories you're telling. Don't tell me it's important to you. So I think those are the kinds of things that marketing leaders need to push and pull on um, to, to really make sure that people are understanding their story. Yeah, I uh, I think we can all think of some examples, and I won't name them here, I'll tell you guys later, of brands <laughs> that like to do things like, you know, change their logo for whatever flavor of the month it is, and but they're not actually doing the things that, that matter for whatever cause they pretend to be behind this month. So yeah, that authenticity, I think, is something that... Um, uh, marketing people know you can't fake whatsoever. Yeah. And um, I think it I think it means as marketers, we have to hold our companies accountable too. I think we've all been in a room where you may have been pushed as a marketer to tell a certain story. And it's like, well, hold on a second. Is that real? Are we really committed to that? I know you want to say that, but is that the authentic story? Hughes powers the networks that people and franchises everywhere depend on. Hughes enables franchises to attract and retain more customers and create consistent brand experiences across locations. And once the right network is in place, franchises can further use their existing equipment, like providing secure Wi-Fi for guests or deploying digital signage to engage customers. A secure, high-performing network can protect a franchise against data breaches and the harm they can cause the brand and business. Hughes is small enough to care, large enough to succeed. Reach out and find out how Hughes can become your your networking partner. Call Carl Udler at 301-601-6427 or visit Hughes.com slash franchise. Everyone has a phone, but not everyone is answering the phone correctly. When you spend marketing dollars to grow your business, you cannot afford to miss any calls or answer the phone with, hey, Answer Connect is open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year to support new business, current clients, or urgent calls, and they send messages to you immediately. They integrate with many of today's popular CRMs, taking advantage of technology and taking one more thing off of your to-do list. In addition to taking calls, they can set appointments, follow up with potential customers via form fill inquiries, and make outbound calls for reinvigoration campaigns. Let Answer Connect work in your business so you can work on your business. Call Answer Connect at 800-584-0234. That's 800-584-0234 or visit answerconnect.com slash franchise. Thomas, I wanted to go back to you. I was just thinking yeah. about something you told me. It has to be 10 years ago that <laughs> has resonated with me all this time about um, that there are no boring brands in franchising. That's right. There are just bad storytellers. <laughs> it's just bad storytellers. That's right. And, and I've you know, thought and then, of that so many times when, yeah, when that, I look at brands and people think, oh, this is a boring brand. It's not sexy. Right. And yeah, I, think, well, I yeah. think Thomas Scott would say differently. 
Yeah, the, you know, it's the journal. I mean, I, I went to communication school like you. I wanted to be in the communications department and I was a professionally trained storyteller to start with. So I wish I had gone to business school. <laughs> Would have been much better probably for me in my career. But I, I think the journalism axiom is that there's a story behind every door, that, that there's a story that somebody can relate to and you just have to do the journey to figure out what it is. And I think that that's the case. Like if a franchise business is established, it gets to a hundred units or more like that's a worthy brand it had some reason for people to invest in it and for customers to engage in it like you just if you spent the time to learn that brand and to understand the customer journey and understand the problems it solves and how it relates to people like it has to have good stories like there's just an immense amount of bad storytelling in our industry it just you know we're a pack industry franchising it's really unfortunate that we tend to follow bad practices and just copy everybody else it's just that type of an industry and I, I think the getting to the why starts with mapping the journey out like especially now um you know Ellie, you were talking about kind of the marketing person being in the room and being the spokesperson for the why like that's what i find myself with clients and even my own brands like hey we're going into this transitional economy with some weird political stuff and some downturn and we need to start over and let's go back to who actually uses us and what's their journey and like what are the reasons that they use us and they have this big shift in um particularly in the service space where we're getting away from companies that are generalists like the i you know the business saying is the the market celebrates specialists and forgets generalists so the more specific you can get which i think nicole is something you mentioned as well it's just um the more specific you get the easier it gets to define the why you know like why um, if I'm, I'm recruiting franchisees today and we're trying to deal with funding sources, like why would somebody use an SBA loan or why a 401k loan or, or should we be, as we are having conversations about HELOC loans and 22-year-old franchise owners partnering with their 50-year-old dad to take a home equity loan out and buy a franchise. You know, like the, the whys are really different today than they were 12 months or 24 months together. And I think it is a challenge that I'm shocked at how many companies just put their marketing on autopilot and just forget about the why. Like, you know, they have a culture statement and a value statement on their website and that you look at their blogs and they haven't put um, a blog out in two years or they don't have short form videos, which is where they should be spending their time and resources today. Or, you know, you, you can't get a glimpse, an emotional glimpse into that brand because a good story has some emotion in it. You know, it's, you know, I like this particular coffee franchise because it, it supports coffee farms in Rwanda or supports foster and adoptive children or gives back to the state or, you know, does some kind of relevant thing. If you don't tell those stories, how's a customer ever going to know them? And um, customers just, just like the pizza story gravitate towards story um, stories that they can relate to. And I think this is all a business of getting as specific as you can so that your customers have an easier time relating to you because, there's 7,000 franchise brands in North America now. We've just grown at ridiculous speeds. And there's a lot of choices. There's more people looking at franchising, but there's, you know, we're not scaling up to meet the demand for the, you know, 20 or 30 million potential franchise owners. We, uh, Jack, you and I joke a lot about how we, we still keep recruiting the same 18 or 20,000 usual suspects. Every <laughs> yeah. Year, same group of people. <laughs> but there have to yeah. be more people that would buy a franchise or get into this cool industry that just because we're not doing a good job of telling stories. But it starts with the why and mapping out the journey. Like, why does somebody need this service? And what are the problems that they have? And like, why are they even looking at us, you know, and, and get get to that? You know, an example, um, we have a bunch of French bulldogs. My wife's 
collects French bulldogs. That's apparently her hobby. And um, <laughs> she, she talked me into buying these um, ruggables, which are these washable rugs you can put in a washer. And I think I like, really care about ruggables. That wasn't something that was really important to me, but we had these conversations and I've never been to their website. I've never looked at them, but my feed is full of ruggable ads now <laughs> on social media platforms um, because somebody figured out the why that we had a very specific reason to buy those rugs is we have a bunch of small dogs who make a mess and drag stuff in from outside and we need to wash our rugs like it's really that simple like who are the people that want what you have to sell and how can you tell a story that helps them relate to the product in a, a straight up way it's not rocket science but gosh in our industry it's so hard to get people to do that you know, for sure yeah i'm sure you guys see that in your businesses i see it in mine for sure yeah, when you were talking, Thomas, I was thinking you've you've said a couple of times now about like relating as the customer to, yeah. to the brand. And I think another really important shift over the last couple of years is that COVID made us all need personalization and and need the need to humanize what we're doing and, and have this real person here. I have solar panels, for example, on my yeah. house. I just moved here two years ago. Unfortunately, it came with a 25-year contract. So oh. regardless, <laughs> I can't get these things off my roof, right? But yeah. the company recently got bought out by, by another uh, brand. The previous one went out of business. This new solar panel bought it. No one ever told me. Someone showed up at my house yesterday. I got a rude email saying they weren't working right. And so this whole process, I'm thinking this person that's emailing me is a robot. They're not even real. And while this isn't the franchise industry, I think it translates really, really well to what we do because my current company has two like 18 year old kids standing in the local Home Depot at a table. And I literally thought about driving down the street just to talk to one of these kids. And then I had to remind myself that the 18 year old selling the solar panels probably yeah. Who deserves my frustration right now but i so badly wanted to personalize and humanize the experience that i was having so that i could buy into this brand i i look at these this picture so the, the headline on their website right now has six individuals in hard hats three of the hard hats have the old brand on it and three of the hard hats have the new brand they're all smiling it's it's yeah. culturally responsive there's males there's females there's different races yeah. they tried really hard but I can't find one of those people. I can't. Really <laughs> and, and so well, it's you're... frustrating because I, I need to humanize it. I need to personalize the experience that I'm living in this home and, and using this product that I want to either understand better. I pay a lot of money for it. I don't really have a choice to use it. It's part of my life now. Um, and so all of these things made me realize that you have this beautiful website with this beautiful photography that you probably spent a lot of money on, but I really don't know who you are. And I don't know, I don't know how to humanize you without that connection. And so I think that Many of us are striving for that in, in the world that we're in. I personally can't stand taking phone calls anymore from colleagues. I'm like, get on Zoom. Like, oh, show yeah. you. I never <laughs> see you. Yeah. And, so, and I know there's still people out there and there's people listening that choose podcasts because they don't have to look that's at right. the face of another human. Which <laughs> Preach, is sister. Preach. Yes. <laughs> well, you're, it's funny, Ellie, you're, you're speaking right in my sweet spot. Like I'm um, a big fan of what we, we kind of call conversational marketing. And I think that in franchising, the, um, the, the web form, the phone number, the chat bot, the voicemail, even the text message to an extent, people just hate all of those forms of communication. There's so much friction and we, we put up so many walls between us and our customers that we, in our, our systems and we do this with clients a lot, but we really try to have um, interactive messenger where when you, you can go to the website and, or see a Facebook ad, 
and you message and it's a real person at the company who answers you instantly and they're human and they can tell stories and they can answer questions and yeah. that's a boy I, it's amazing what customers will do and you can it was thinking about the story and the why is a, a living breathing organic thing that just happens on the fly but what, what I find is companies that can pivot today to to do situational conversational marketing and just to, to execute that way they just own the market like just own it you can just clean up we have a closet franchise here in nashville my wife runs there's 15 other closet companies and she just smokes them all because like you can go on facebook and see a picture of her before and after closet and message her for a price using facebook messenger she gets you a design and a price in less than five minutes like boom like <laughs> it's crazy and that's what people want. They want that immediate access. You're tired. What's what you're saying? You're frustrated with that ridiculous set of friction walls that we've established mm-hmm. for marketing reasons. <laughs> you know, I just think that that's a huge opportunity to take the story to like, do you even need a website? Maybe you just need to like make yourself accessible or yeah, make your disease accessible or find use technology to do that. I don't know, yes. Jack. Yeah. I was just going to say it's a technology because of how fast people need to operate. Yeah day is what we have to rely on to humanize be real and and share your why with people through how you're present and you're involved in your brand and you're easy to get a hold of and easy to communicate with it's it's a game changer i would go into facebook and type who knows a painter and the first one that responds to me if you can come to my house on sunday a painter's a painter to me but Mm -hmm. your your personalization and 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 how quickly you respond to something is so important. Well, take that to franchise recruiting, which is something I, I spend a lot of time on. Um, you know, we do that kind of conversational marketing with franchise recruiting, and it's you see a four or five hundred percent increase in activity because you know people don't want to fill a form out, they don't want to be called, they want to have some safe mm-hmm. kind of control over the conversation. And when you just message, so how much does it cost? Is it available in Birmingham, Alabama? Whatever the question is, and you say, "Hey, my name's Thomas, and I'm the founder." And yep. For sure, I'd love to talk to you about Birmingham. What a killer market! And you know, UAB is a cool school or something. You know, and just you know, it's it's amazing what you can do to unlock relevance and attention. You just like like you have the whole world in front of you when you can do that. And I, I'm surprised more franchise companies haven't. I, I don't know, Nicole, if you guys have done any of that in your brands, but um, it's pretty cool stuff. I, I see that as a huge trend going into next year. It is. I mean, people are expecting to be personalized too. There was just a yeah. YouTube um, creator content report that came out and even people are yeah. expecting within mass marketing that we're customizing messages to them right. and catering to them. They're short on time, they're short on patience, and they've been, they've seen this transition from mass marketing to customized marketing. And then right. with Web3 on the horizon, they're really in control. So oh, there's yeah. going to be very little tolerance for forms. And then how can I trust they're not going to email me every two days and call me and things like that. But having you as the friendly voice, Thomas saying, I'm the founder and I'd love to talk to you. That is so much more approachable and authentic and not that bot that they're going to just collect my email and start hounding me with emails. Yeah. It's, 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 and it's so simple (laughs) to to execute. It's not that hard to do that. And I I don't know why you think about uh, like the franchise leadership and development conference that's coming up here shortly, but you think about all the like middle-aged 20-year veterans of franchise sales in that room 500 of them and they, they're not ready for that you know like they're, they're yeah. just, you know just to be able to have an inclusive um, nurturing conversation you know just to be able to do that like the average you know my service franchisees more male and female you know will we'll put ads up for dryer vent cleaning and they'll answer the chat with like they'll say what services do you provide and they're like we clean dryer vents 
period. You know, like that's the whole conversation. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like you got to go a little more, a little deeper, <laughs> like nurture, you know, pat like a girl, for God's sakes, like try something, you know, like emojis, like do something that, to, to engage somebody on the conversation. Or remind me that my house can catch on fire and this is right. for my family. Like, tell me that Absolutely. story of how yeah. many fires yeah. have happened because of dryer vents. Yeah, or just yeah. say something like, when was the last time you cleaned your dryer vent? And they're like, oh my gosh, that's a thing. I have to do that. You know, like that's, you know, like, how's your house not burned down? <laughs> Hold on. I got to go check my dryer vent right now. But yeah, you, but, you but that's, a, that's an important thing. That type of storytelling. I, I, I love, um, Nicole, your point of, um, you know, getting it, it get, people are going to gravitate towards companies and brands and franchisees and products and services that can do that. And there's just going to be um, people that can and people that can't. And the people that can are going to have massive performance breakthroughs and the people that can't are going to go by the wayside. It's just a shift in our market. Yeah. Right. And the people who can't will be like Ali's solar panel company who yeah. missed not just an opportunity to make one customer happy, but think of the story you would be telling about them right now if they had yeah. gotten this right. Right. Totally. You would be a, a converted solar panel enthusiast about mm -hmm. this brand and, and yeah. writing and talking and, and sharing that story. And um, um, wow, what an opportunity missed. So I'm glad they're not in franchising because uh, we'd have to have a conversation. <laughs> and now just tell everybody not to invest in solar panels. Yeah. And, and that's that's the real <laughs> problem is any company and, and back to franchising, we we're not just representing one brand we're representing the entire you know whether it's home service brands or restaurants or pizza places or something too so there's there's this a lot more responsibility and think it. about how many times like have, have any of you ever been to like if you go to one hair salon or or well maybe not you jack but if you go to one hair salon <laughs> and your hairdresser talks poorly about one down the street who did your hair before and wants to know why it looks that way. Frankly, I don't want to go back to her because I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate discrediting others outside of what you do in the same industry. The best part of franchising is what we do together. It, it's the first heartfelt thing I felt when I went to the very first IFE back in 2018 and I was working for a childcare brand and other childcare brand people came over and asked how we were and and where we were from and what we were doing and and we talked about our accomplishments and our struggles and what building our FTD was like and and we got these tips and support from these people who were supposed to be competitors but you're all in it together if one person is is trashing the childcare industry then it hurts everyone and it's the best part of franchising is that we find ways to come together because we're all fishing in the same pond yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting point. You know, the um, storytelling inside a franchise system on the operation side can help affect change internally too. Like between the franchisor and the franchisee, that same type of understanding your franchisee's why and developing internal stories to help people buy into initiatives or uh, make better decisions or spend more on marketing or staff differently, whatever whatever the operations goal is. Storytelling has a way of um, influencing people in positive ways, and it making better decisions and less compliance like uh, you have to do this because i'm telling you to do it and i think um i see a lot of high performance brands that i look at or talk to people about and the ones that are really successful uh, you mentioned big b coffee is a great example uh, they have that kind of a storytelling culture internally like they sit around and drink their own coffee and tell their own stories to themselves <laughs> and they're really happy about it it's awesome you know like it makes you want to drink more coffee uh, this big, huge 24 ounce things that they sell. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> what do you think 
is next when it comes to storytelling or places to tell your story? Any, any thoughts there? I'm such a big supporter of video. I think it's the, it's the quickest way anyone's doing anything anymore. And if your brand has the opportunity to either contract or bring someone on full time, it's, it's the easiest way to learn someone's story and it is personal and there is a face Mm -hmm. there. And Mm -hmm. I I think um, franchisors specifically, when you're looking at where people are dropping off in your process from inquiry to close. I know at a brand I was with, it was always at the financial piece, which I don't think is probably, I I wish I had better statistics on it. We should call Fran data. But I think overall, when someone gets to that, it's scary. You're making a massive life change. They say that after getting married and having kids, buying a franchise is like the third most stressful thing that you'll ever do is buying your business and changing what you've been doing for X amount of years. Um, But I I think that if, if we pay attention to telling the part of the story that that mostly affects your customers, here's why not to be afraid of the financials. And, and it's a quick 10 second video in, instead of an ad, or it's a, it's a 10 second video of even your CEO. Like there are massive brands that their CEO can't be the one that answers the phone, but how can you utilize that person who is in the face of, of your, of your business to tell your story at the parts that are making people hesitant to move forward with what you do? How do, how do they buy in and how can you do it? And, I think if you have the opportunity to use video, it's it's the quickest and easiest way for a customer to pay attention to you and your story. Yeah, Thomas, you've uh, made a few videos in your day. Um, how is that changing and, and what do you see happening with video over, let's say, the next year? Well, I think we're in a, a fairly major shift, the, the third kind of um, really significant shift in my franchising career, the first being the rise of broadband internet and the advent of websites in the late 90s, and the second being social media platforms, 2008 to 2010. Those were hugely disruptive shifts in the way people consumed and learned about information and connected to brands. And I think the shift now is a mix of the kind of a direct conversational one-to-one marketing that we're just talking about mixed with a move from horizontal traditional video, which is elemental. You have to have that now to this short form vertical video. And I, I see the organic implications of short form video, particularly on Google shorts, a little bit of reels and some TikTok, but um, that that's going to transplant the search engine. Like I find myself and everybody I know learning more about the world through feeds of related short form videos, whether it's algorithm driven like TikTok and Reels or um, search driven the way YouTube Shorts is. I think YouTube Shorts is the best game in town right now. It's insane mm. the amount of views you can get. But just going to that, creating massive amounts of related content, how much does the Lighting Squad franchise cost? And you have music and you have the, the five or six things in item seven. And then, you know, like, why do people replace boob light? I mean, you just, you just, any question that a customer might have, you make like a series of little short videos and you put them on the website, you put them on the platforms, you share them. Like, it's so much easier to explain a business if you have a stream of content where somebody can see before and after the lighting fixtures or what the before and after of your dryer vent looks like or the before and after of a closet. Like, people are fascinated by that. that mm-hmm. business. That's true of any business. To your point that there there's no franchise that doesn't have good stories. Every franchise has good stories. And I don't think there's a single franchise that I've ever come across that couldn't benefit from that type of short form video. But I think that's a big shift. I think we're having to learn who to have. Like I'm trying to hire people for that now in our brands. And it's like, like, where do I find that TikTok creator? <laughs> like that's not even <laughs> yeah. like a totally different skill, it's like really different. You know, I need somebody that can do five of those a day and or 10 of those in a day and 
sit down and break it apart. You know, it's like, that's the, that's what the future of the marketing department is going to look like. It's just different. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, final thought to you. Um, where do you see all of this going and sort of what's next in storytelling and where will we be telling those stories? Well, it's interesting because I agree with both what Allie and Thomas are saying. And, you know, I remember a few years ago when Facebook was the top search engine, which was just mind blowing. And now it's, you know, TikTok has has really taken the lead. So you're still going to need to do things like that kind of. And, and even though that's personalized based on people's algorithms and things like that. I also think we're going to see a return to the one-on-one, just as Thomas was saying. People are craving that interaction, that attention, and want direct, you know, to be responded to. I was just listening to a podcast with a former executive, and at the end of the podcast, he gave out his, his cell phone number. I think people want that access to the people closest to the brand. So if you're in franchise sales or if you're the franchisee um, at a location, people are going to want that access. And not everyone's going to take advantage of it, but I think continue down the path of some of these digital formats to tell stories, but nothing's going to tell the story like a person one-on-one. And so I think that finding ways to make those connections, whether it be through Facebook Messenger or having orientation days, not anymore virtually, Mm -hmm. bringing them together, bringing franchisees into that process to tell their story directly to somebody instead of them watching it through a video. I think some of those things are really going to move the needle forward in creating that personalization and, and caring that this brand cared enough about me to give me that kind of attention. And that means a lot, especially if you're going to invest in that brand. Right. Love that. Love hearing that. Thank you so much, rock stars, for joining me today. Great conversation. And I hope to speak with all of you again, uh, hopefully in person soon or, or maybe on another podcast soon. So thanks very much. And we will see you down the road. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, Jack. ServiceMinder is the platform for managing and operating home services brands, from tracking marketing efforts to delivering professional online proposals directly to clients, to lead capture, to automating daily tasks. ServiceMinder provides unique tools and integrations designed to make your brand stand out from competitors. See why ServiceMinder currently supports more than 50 home services franchise brands and integration partners. Book a demo today at serviceminder.io. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.